Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls, and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls. I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like him. I just have Yanni use his. Then I don't have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to what we'll call a special episode of The Hunting Collective. I'm Ben O'Brien, and today we are sitting in the Meat Eater offices in Bozeman, Montana, and I'm joined by Sam Lundgren and our director of fishing here at Meat Eater, Miles Nolte, his first appearance on the podcast. And the reason we wanted to get this one out to you guys is because something pretty substantial is happening in our world, and that is the passage of Bill S. 47 uh, in the House of Representatives. It's called the Natural Resource Management Act. This bill passed by a margin of 363 to 62, uh, what will be on Tuesday afternoon, uh, February 26th. And we wanted to turn on C-SPAN and try to be entertained, which we knew would be tough, um, and, and talk about this bill as uh, it was discussed on the floor of the House and then voted on. Um, which turned out to be a great result. So we had a few guests, Steve Klein of TRCP and Lan Tawney of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers who have worked, both worked and championed, worked on and championed this bill um, to talk about what's good, what's bad, what needs improved, what is uh, there to celebrate. But suffice to say, a lot of people that care about conservation worked hard on this piece of legislation. And we believe overall, it's a good thing, although we will go over uh, some of the more negative aspects of the bill and the way our politics work. So hopefully uh, you enjoy this special episode of The Hunting Collective, straight from Bozeman, Montana. Hey, boys. How's it going, Miles? Fantastic, Ben. How are you? I'm, I'm swimming. Uh, Sam good. Lundgren <laughs> is also here. Howdy. And uh, we are watching currently, this is part of our Make C-SPAN Great Again uh, segment of the podcast where we <laughs> try to make uh, C-SPAN exciting again. Um, but they're it, not making it easy. On they're not so making far. it easy. Like the, the brown leather and just the, the boring suits. Uh, just the, you know, I think one guy's sleeping. Is that a guy sleeping? He woke up. He's up. He's, he's up. up. No, because he's got a body slam to do. Yeah. He's, he's up. He's ready. up. He's, he's up. To take somebody he's up. Down. <laughs> he's up. We are watching the members, some of the selected members of the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, they are speaking on um, a pretty important package of legislation that affects us all. It's uh, the National Resources Management Act. 
better known as S47 in our parlance, and they are right now um, talking through the benefits of of the bill and are about to Sam vote on it. Correct? I believe so. Uh, tell you like you've covered this for the mediator.com. You've you came to us from BHA. You spent a lot of time in the conservation world. Kind of give us a, a rundown of um, what this bill is and kind of what it means as you know it. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, and as I as I follow this, I feel like it's become harder and harder to parse exactly what it means. There's 110 pieces of legislation in here, 700 pages yeah. of text. I mean, the, the big headline that everyone's focused on is the real, the reauthorization of the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Sure. That's that's the the big ticket item. That's the you know, the popular program that's been around for 53 years that takes royalties from oil and gas drilling in the Gulf of Mexico and reinvests yeah. that mo- that money into public access, everything from playgrounds and in inner cities to wilderness trailheads. In fact, been- there's, yeah, there's a playground here in town that my son has played at before that there's a little sign that says this was brought to you by the Land and Water Conservation Fund. You know, it's so. cool. You see those little placards in a lot of places once you kind of know where to look for them. But it's an it's enormously popular program. It's been used in nearly every county yeah. within the United States. Uh, so everybody gets a little piece of it. So that's great to see. It, was, it, it lapsed in its authorization since September. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's been multiple millions of dollars that have not that were earmarked for conservation that were instead diverted to the general fund. So great to see LWCF permanently reauthorized, although this bill does not um, include automatic annual appropriation for LWCF. The original text of the bill included uh, $900 million annually. It has only received full appropriation Twice. 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 Two times. Um, and on, on average, it's less than half. And twice, we're talking about since 1964. Yeah. So it's not like this just happened a few years ago and it's only been fully funded twice. Yeah, and what we're really punching for here is like it to be funded in full in perpetuity. Like that's what we're really swinging for here. And uh, not to have to every single year yeah. come back and have a fight about how much are we going to give to this. Yeah. And, um, and, and do you feel, you know, either you guys or you, we can just discuss this. It's like the, the advantage to having it um, to, to reappropriating every year is that it's not, it's, it can be money can be stolen from it and give it to other things. I mean, that it, it is in a lot of politicians' best interest to make this malleable and to not fully fund it forever. Yes. But, you know, a lot of the supporters of LWCF are in the Senate especially are already talking about permanent funding. So yeah. f- further legislation will likely follow this. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's a very popular program. Uh, well, it is now. Program. i, I got to say, I think one of the big wins that we've had, and I think BHA can, can take some credit for this, among, among other groups, I don't mean to single them out just because Sam's in the room here and I know he worked on it a lot but you know I remember five years ago sitting around talking about how do we make the LWCF sound cool yeah you know working with the media company that I was working with at the time and and really trying to come up with yeah. these very creative ways to to let people know about it I feel like now anybody who's engaged in outdoor pursuits is aware of the LWCF at least on a basic level and is having these conversations which is why we're seeing this kind of legislation come up so I, I think I think a lot of this has to do with just folks like us 
putting yeah. pressure on our representatives and being educated. Yeah, and I mean, it speaks to the power of uh, what we can do here. And it's, uh, the power of us is if you would call us a constituency, like a collective hunting and fishing constituency. Like it, it, you know, as we saw, we had a representative from um, Colorado just stand up and, and read off all of the, that, all that outdoor recreation does for his state. You know, we, you know, we do, in a lot of ways, wield a pretty heavy, uh, a heavy stick here that we can use any way we want. And it's, it is, it is a great, um, you know, as worrisome as sometimes trends can be in our space, it's great to know that, that the LWCF is trending because it's important. Um, but what we'll try to get to is we're watching representative Harold Rogers from the fifth district of Kentucky, a Republican talk about this bill. Um, if he doesn't look like, like a congressman through and through. Look at him. <laughs> if he doesn't, he like, kind of looks like a little bit like uh, if he had a mustache, maybe Colonel Sanders. That's one hell of a plaid suit, I got to say. I know. <laughs> I well done. Get one of those. Like he just looks like, yeah, if you were to pick a guy out of a lineup to put in that, to, in that room in front of that microphone, he would be it. Yeah, and he's talking about a pretty interesting element of this uh, public lands package, uh, some of the national historic sites and national monuments mm -hmm. that are being created through this legislation, which Miles and I were just commenting before, truly have nothing to do with hunting or fishing or, or, or public lands, really. I mean, he's talking about preserving yeah. uh, a battlefield from the Civil War, which, yeah. is, gr which is great. I'm, I'm a huge uh, fan of history, but it, it, it feels a little tangential to a uh, Natural Resources Management Act. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to we always get, in, in a lot of these uh, situations, we get so caught up in exactly what we want out of this. But, I mean, there is this is a varied piece of legislation. In fact, I'll... Uh, get it to come up here, I'll read to you kind of the way this is broken down about what this bill specifically addresses. And if I lose my breath and pass out, somebody pick it up. Uh, specifically, this bill addresses, among other matters, land conveyances, exchanges, acquisitions, withdrawals and transfers, national parks, monuments, memorials, wilderness areas, wild and scenic rivers, historic and heritage sites, and other conservation and recreation areas, wildlife conservation, helium extraction, small minor waivers of claim maintenance fees, uh, wildland fire operations, the release of certain federal revisionary land interests, boundary adjustments, the Denali National Park and Preserve National Gas Pipeline, fees for medical services and units of the National Park System, funding for the Land and Water Conservation Fund, re recreational activities on federal and non-federal lands, a national volcano early warning and monitoring system, Whew. federal reclamation projects, and search and recovery missions. In addition, the bill reauthorizes the hist historically black colleges and universities historic preservation program and the national cooperative <laughs> geologic mapping program the fucking end that's ben, a lot take a breath you're gonna Woo! pass out no no you cheated i heard you breathe you did all right yeah did. all right we did we it did get a little red in the face we though. did i feel i'm hot i'm hot about this issue but, <laughs> but that that goes to show you like as we were thinking about sitting down to record this as we uh, you know i think fittingly as we watched that u.s house discuss this bill um everyone should know that you know, all those things are covered and there's 110 pieces to cover them. So it's impossible for us to provide full perspective. I think a lot of the members of the house probably couldn't provide full perspective if you ask them. Probably not. Um, I but think that's we'll, a safe bet. We're going to do our best here to, to address it. Now, now what's going on now? Who, what's this fella doing right here? Oh, I don't know. Should we turn Great. on the sound? Yeah, yeah, let's turn on the sound and hear what he's saying. You say the Crooked River Ranch Fire Protection Act is what he's talking about. Yep, I, I think this is easement. This, 
Yeah, it's an easy this is almost as riveting as the discussion of the bolt ditch. Let's go ahead and mute it. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think we're good. Yeah. Uh, part of the yeah part of what we want to do is just discuss this while these guys are talking about very specific and to us um, you know tangential and maybe even boring things, uh, which this one seems to be. But it's it's you know we're not going to make C-SPAN that exciting. It's impossible. <laughs> no, I mean we but. but this is sort of the beauty of, of how this process works, right? Yeah. Each individual representative is looking out for the interest of his or her, her people and yeah. is trying to get their voices heard. Some and might call that pork barrel politics. It, it, I think it manifests in pork barrel politics, but I think the concept of yeah. them looking out for their own people's interest is, is a good one. I think, right. I think sometimes the way that gets used is a little bit. Yeah, we we can way, be cynical about that. The way this Absolutely. is presented, you're looking at like local, not even regional. I mean, local initiatives that are that are you know pressed into this bill, and each one of these representatives are very, you know, can go back to their district and constituency and say, "Look what I got you." Yeah, absolutely. And I, I didn't mean to come across as negative about that. I, I'm all in favor of our representatives representing us, um, and it's you know it's it's great. Like every piece of this legislation goes back so far i mean even most most of this dates back four or five years that this this package has been in the works but you look at some of these uh wilderness areas specifically i mean it's been it's been a 30 or 40 year process of of localized support in collaboration for creating wilderness areas yeah so that's great to see come to fruition and a lot of that just kind of gets lost in the noise of everything else going on but there's a lot of people who are really celebrating their individual part of this. Yeah, and it's hard. You know, like it's it, it's it's hard. I mean, it's hard to parse all this out to make it um, relate to all of us. I mean, but that's you know part of politics, and that's part of why the House of Representatives has many members. Um, oh, they took that. They took him away. Who's who's up now? We're back. Grahalva's back. Grahalva's back, back, back on. Yep, he's, and he's given up two, two minutes. minutes. Who's he yielding to? Michigan. Oh, this is Dingle. Representative Dingle. They I'm not her, touching that. They called her a gentle, gentlewoman. <laughs> well, she seems gentle. Uh, and she's, she is a, uh, she said, in strong support of the National Resources Management Act. I'm reading off the closed caption. <laughs> uh, <laughs> riveting, I know. Once again, once riveting, again. I know. Democracy um, in action. Democracy in action. Now, let's talk about you know, one, and, and to come to this conversation, we wanted to cover a little bit about like what pre, what is there precedence for these types of things, and and if there is kind of what has been the result of past packages of legislation that pa- that passed in this way. Um, what do you guys got? Any, anything good? Yeah, you found? I mean, this is related to the and and I've got this the whole C-SPAN thing playing on my screen so I don't get to look at all the news sites I had pulled up. But this does have precedent in the 2009 Omnibus Public Lands Package. Management Act. Yep. Damn it. Everything's a management act. Yeah, of course it is. It's all management acts. Yeah, so so this this does happen from time to time. Uh, I know a lot of the bills contained in here uh, had been packaged before in something called the Sportsman's Act, which uh, famously passed the Senate, I believe, a couple times, but never was really able to uh, advance to law. Um, so this this kind of thing has occurred before. It seems that when they do public land legislation, they like to do a pile of it at once. Yeah. But it is uh, a little bit concerning that the last time this happened was 10 years ago. Yes, yes. 
Dingle I, is going hard on the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Appreciate you, Dingle. I, I think that it's also important to recognize that just part of the reason that it has been a decade is that we we are living in a climate where anything that has to do with wilderness or conservation is 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 really charged and really problematic. So mm. even even good ideas end up getting scuttled. Um, just even if they might have bipartisan support simply because of the polarity of of our of our legislative bodies right now. Yeah. And so the fact that this did go over as swimmingly as it did in the Senate, that that's news in and of itself, right? Yeah, it, it is. 92 to 8 passage is is something to to look at and if I'm going to be totally honest, also makes me skeptical. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I'm going to be well, really honest about it, I would agree. Skeptical. I'm skeptical about all this. I mean, I'm skeptical about our government and, and um, oh, we're having somebody step down, somebody come back up. Anyway, uh, it, <laughs> this is fun trying to bounce this back and forth. Squirrel. Squirrel. Ah, ah, somebody. <laughs> an old man. An old man. Uh, another old man. Another old. Two old men. We should just make stuff up. They're fighting. They're fighting. <laughs> yeah. uh, that would make it the only thing to make it. Kung Fu on the House floor. If we, if we backed, if we backed this Once off. Once again, we're back on GN4 day, so it might happen. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, we're, just back, we're back there. Look at him. Uh, so if we backed this bill up a, a little bit and we said, hey, um, how did this start? You know, we give the precedence of, you know, these, these issues have been inserted into legislation or brought to bear uh, politically in a lot of different ways. And then, and, and then they get packaged up into one big thing, right? And and this uh, the effort was led. You know, you said in your article, Sam. I'm looking at it right now. Um, Senators Lisa Murkowski from Alaska. She happens to be a Republican, and Maria Cantwell from Washington happens to be a Democrat. Uh, they led um, this bill. Uh, like Sam, give people just a little bit of rundown of of exactly how that comes to be or how you know it coming to be. And then if you want to skip over that part, you maybe don't know that part, <laughs> then take well, me right to the, the vote that happened in the Senate because that's really what we want to. Yeah, well, I mean, the way it comes to be is 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 through concessions and, I, I you know, collaboration, I suppose, would be a more positive way to spin that. Mm. But, you know, the fact of the matter is it's not that, you know, any particular congressman forgot about how much they hated wilderness or <laughs> or public lands in general. But I mean, you, you see their piece of the pie come into the equation here. Yeah. So there are quite a few um, public land transfers, for example. So, you know, to to it's it is still spectacular and, and admirable that 92 senators were able to vote for anything, yeah. truly, um, especially you know, something as a piece of legislation as immense as this one. But it also, you know, you, that means we're going to have to take the good with the bad. And, um, you know, so you, you asked about Lisa Murkowski and Maria Cantwell. Uh, you know, a big piece of this for Lisa Murkowski was, um, man, how do you, how do you, how do you frame this one up, Miles? The, 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 500,000 acres of Alaska of public lands within Alaska that uh, could be potentially removed from the public estate. I, I, I hate it's to, I hate, I hate to like to, to <laughs> throw you a bad pass here. Nope. No, this is, I'll take it. I'll take this one on because, because it's, it's nearly impossible to, to come out against that provision without sounding like 
a horrible person. Right. But I'm going to take a stab at it yeah. because I'm willing to That's do that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I got you on backup here, but it's, 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 it's difficult to explain. And I still don't entirely understand. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not going to claim that I have full understanding either, but I, I have some understanding and I'm willing to take this on. Um, I, so to my understanding about and I've we've all seen different figures in terms of the total possible land allocation but somewhere around a half a million acres in Alaska that is currently all of our land because it's public will be distributed in 160 acre parcels to native Vietnam veterans and their heirs exactly or their or heirs. their heirs yes. yeah not not and it has to be one or the other yes and it's, it's very difficult to come out and say that you're opposed to something that is going to give benefits to native Vietnam veterans. And, and I, I hate to be the person to say that, but I think that, there again, the cynic in me sees this as a way to open up tons of undeveloped land to development because those it's not like those parcels are going to be doled out and then just sit idle. There's a very good chance that they'll be sold off, mm. that they'll be developed, that they'll be privatized in other ways, and they might be sold off in mass to mineral development companies. And we're talking about breaking up some of the best habitat that's left in North America. And to be fair, uh, it excludes specifically excludes national parks, national forests, which is a great deal of Alaska, and national wildlife refuges. It specifically it permanently excludes um, Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, but the other 15 National Wildlife Refuges in Alaska, which are massive, massive. I mean, most yeah, of, I mean, most of yeah. Kodiak Island is a National Wildlife yes. Refuge, but that is to be reconsidered in a year. So potentially some of these claims, if, if you know, things go the way I think some people want them to, potentially these claims could be made within National Wildlife yeah. Refuges. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this just goes to, you know, we have up on the, we were writing pros and cons on the board here. We have a, a, a con that says contains a lot of porky bullshit. <laughs> that, I, think, I think that was Miles trying to finish up the list here. <laughs> like, that's it. There's no way we're going to get through all of this. There's no way we're going to get through all of this uh, as it happens. But, I mean, it's that's very true to to the point of this just contains a lot. As we, as we go through this, we're watching – a representative from California, Katie Hill, is now standing up for the 25th district. This is basically a parade of of individuals representing constituencies around the country, getting up to, to say why. Um, this is she's talking about uh, a dam flooding here. We've had people talking about water resources in Colorado. We've had people standing up and talking about easements. I mean, all of these folks are standing up and saying, "I support this because of you know this." This, the way this benefits my local, right. yeah, very uh, regional community, benefit. and so it just seems like an insane way to approach. You know, it seems like an insane way to approach it to say, and I, I am happy to see a bunch of people standing up, you know, in in Congress and talking about the Land and Water Conservation Fund. But it seems insane to me to say, let's pass this and let's fly the flag because we get the Land and Water Conservation Fund, even if it isn't fully appropriated, and we'll. As a community, nobody's bringing up. I haven't heard of in our world, in the hunting fishing world, anybody reporting on this pork that's in this in this bill, and that just seems insane to me. I've seen a lot of people sharing fo- sharing photos supporting the, the that this bill contains the Land and Water Conservation Fund. 
mm-hmm. and it's very positive in that way. 1.3 million acres of wilderness. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot yeah, I of... I love that. You know, I love that too. Um, New Wild and Scenic Rivers, yeah. which I'm a huge proponent of. Yeah. The Frank and Gene Moore Wild Steelhead Special Management Area. Frank, Gene. Appreciate I'm, I'm stoked about that. I've been involved yeah, in that for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so there's plenty to be excited about. You know, we wrote pros and cons on the board, and there's a ton up here. Um, that allowing you carry a bow through national parks. Yeah. That's in here. And specifically affirming uh, hunting and fishing as preferred activities on federal public lands. I mean, it That's does serious. almost nothing, but it sure, it's, <laughs> it sure sounds cool. Well, it sets, a, it sets an important precedent. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a pretty empty provision in, in its application, <laughs> well, but the fact that it's in there, if there were to be something in the future that tried to take those away, that really solidifies it nicely. So I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think practically at this point it has very little impact, but potentially in the future it could. Yeah, so I guess they say, like, let's, let's color this conversation around. There, there is absolutely no way for any one single person to look at this bill and be excited about every single point of it, all 110 uh, elements of it. You, it's impossible for you not to disagree with something here. Um, but that's the nature of democracy. That and that's how nature, it should be. Right. So, like, we color it that way. It's, it, it, it seems, like, when I say insane, that's probably hyperbole. It seems um, to me that as we, as we go above this, we say land and water conservation fund, that's the big pearl here. Uh, I agree. Um, but one of the reasons we wanted to record this and, and watch C-SPAN with you guys, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this have already watched hours oh. of C-SPAN today. I'm sure the <laughs> whole audience is going to be like, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. But it ju- it's just to kind of help color this a little bit because sometimes it seems black and white when we celebrate um, one of the major victories. Yeah, and I would encourage folks to to check out some of the, the, the good news coverage that's coming out regarding this, especially high country news has been some, has has really taken off the you know the rose colored glasses to say hey hold on like you know this Alaska thing kind of sucks and yeah. and and you know it's like oh great all this pork barrel everybody gets something but it really fails to address some of the broader public land management issues that we really need to fix i mean the system I don't want to say broken. Plenty of people do, but I mean the system could could use some improvement. And unfortunately, when we continuously fail to improve upon the management of our federal public lands, it leaves us all open for the criticism that the federal government from Washington D.C. is not able to yeah. properly manage the million, hundreds of millions of acres that it possesses in the Western United States, which leads almost naturally to the, the argument we often try to defeat that we should transfer management of those federal public lands to yeah. state management. So I think we need to see some of these things fixed at some point or else we're just going to continue to to go down this road further and further. I mean, some of those things are, you know, wildfire funding. The the Forest Service yeah. spends a ungodly proportion of their budget every year on fighting fires in, in a not yeah, I'm I'm watching Gene Forte. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't punched anybody yet. Uh, Just maybe it'll get interesting here. But 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 uh, yeah, there's there's a variety of other things that you yeah. know, we we could we could wish and hope for. But I'd like to encourage lawmakers to look at these big 
you know, systemic issues as well as the minutia. Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now. And if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some meat eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls. I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like him. I just have Yanni use his. Then I don't have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today. I'd like to provide a little context on that point that you just made, Sam, because I don't know that everybody who's out there listening understands why I personally, and I think everybody in this room feels so strongly about the fact that if we transfer federal land to state control, it's going to be problematic. I've, I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of smart people, and I just happen to have done a great deal of research on it. Uh, and I don't think that, that everybody is, is aware of the difference in state land management versus federal land management in yeah, terms of our rights. Uh, and, and the truth is, like it or not, in many cases, state lands are not public lands in the way that you think of them. In, in fact, many states specifically explicitly say that state lands are not public lands. New Mexico has it on the front page of their website. So does Arizona. Yep. So it, it's the, that is a really important distinction I think sometimes gets lost in this. There's an argument, well, they're still going to be public lands. They're just going to be controlled by the people who are more in closer proximity to what's going on and therefore yeah. better informed on what and needs that's, to be done. That's an important point. In, in general, I agree with that. Yeah, in, in general, general I'm a states' rights kind of fella. Absolutely. And I agree with that principle, but it, the the difficulty here is to remove that general principle from this instance, from from this very important um, idea. You know, you have to remove yourself from. Like, I would blanketly say, like, I feel like the states, you know, are better in theory, better positioned to manage this stuff, but in practice, they are not. Well, not just in practice, but in law. Yeah. And that's where that's what, where this like gets to be maybe some, sometimes people get lost in the weeds on this. But this is a really important point. In many state constitutions, including the constitution of this state we happen to be in right now, it is mandated in the constitution of the state that state lands have to be maximized for profit. Yes. Whatever that happens yep. to be, whatever use that happens to be. And I can pretty much guarantee you that that maximization is not you and me and everybody else getting to go hunt and fish and appreciate it. Well, and it's in the job description of the governor and in the state legislature to balance the goddamn budget. Yeah. Yep. That's their job, to balance the budget. And if they see the opportunity to do so with lands that currently we enjoy to recreate on, then that's part of their job to do that. They will liquid, yeah, they'll liquidate those lands quickly. And many states have shown an outright willingness in very recent years of doing that. In, I think last year, the state of Utah sold some 4,000 acres. Oh, there's Rob Bishop on the street uh, trust land. Speaking of, speaking speaking of, of which, 
But uh, uh, you know, and Wisconsin's be... recently liquidated a lot of state trust lands. Oregon tried to sell off ninety thousand entire state forest mm-hmm. yeah. recently. And each state is in a different situation. I mean, the percentage of of federally controlled public lands, federally managed public lands, better off uh, in Utah is is exponentially higher than in any eastern state, any state on the eastern seaboard, or any state in the south. So they do have that, but that doesn't change the facts. I mean, yeah. it doesn't change how, you know, exactly like you said, the laws or the best way to manage that ground. They have a, a bigger vested interest in, in how this turns out, whether it's transferred to the state or whether it's stayed in federal control, because there's more land, public lands currently, but it doesn't change the facts. It does, and it doesn't change the, the facts in terms of the history. Yes. If you look at what's happened, each and all the Western states, for the most part, I'm, I'm simplifying, but just for the sake of keeping everybody interested. Western states, at the time stated, were granted what are called state trust lands, which have been become state lands. And the purpose of those was to fund the education of the children of the states, which is great. I'm a huge proponent of education, particularly public education. Need to have it. All for it. But what that means is that those, those lands need to be maximized to make that happen. And if you look at the history, they often get sold or they get developed. And if you look at, for example, let's just take one in this region, Colorado, it is legal for someone to privately lease state lands as their own hunting and fishing camp. Yeah. And uh, that, that's not something I think we, we want to see uh, happen to the best public lands all over the place. Yeah. We, we've spoken a lot about the impact of this bill on public lands, which is super important to all of us, and, and we hope you followed us through some of this context. I think another piece that's in this bill that needs to be recognized since we're talking about land conservation broadly is the funding for Partners for Fish and Wildlife program through 2022, whereby you know, the federal government partners with private landowners to improve habitat. Yeah, and, huge, and, it, huge. and so it's not, I, I just, I think sometimes we get hammered for only talking about public lands, but there's a benefit for private well, land Yeah, I mean, in states like, in in states well. like Texas, it's huge. Huge. Uh, Pittman-Robertson funds are going to Texas. Most most go to that, what you're talking about, after they get distributed to. And I believe Texas gets the largest Pittman-Robertson allotment than it does. any state. It's like $16 million, I think, yeah, a year or two ago. Um, all right, we're still watching CNN. We got... Um, C-SPAN. Or, well, yeah, CNN. Not CNN. No, we're not you watching keep doing CNN. That. I keep Don't doing that. Freudian slip. I love CNN so much. Uh, <laughs> and we're still watching... C-SPAN, one of my favorite uh, programs. What we have joining us right now, we have uh, Steve Klein, who's Director of Government Relations. Steve, let me know if I get any of this wrong for the Teddy Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, TRCP is better known. Uh, he's joining us now. How's it going, Steve? It's going pretty good. We'll see you in a few minutes if we get this bill across the finish line of the House. Yeah, how, how long do you feel like we have until they start to actually give us some real answers? I think uh, within, within the hour here, 6 o'clock my time, I think we'll... We'll see a vote here soon, and it'll take a little while. We'll have to wait for everybody to come to the floor, but uh, we're pretty confident we're trying to get over 300 votes for this thing and uh, really send a message that these types of issues are profoundly bipartisan and bicameral, and uh, frankly, Congress needs to do more of it. Yeah, tell us a little bit about what, you know, as we're, we explain kind of what we're watching here Um Tell us a little bit about you know what today means, what what's happening right now means, and kind of where it would lead. Uh, give us a quick rundown from your your perspective of what this all is aiming towards. Sure. So what we're seeing the House do today is is called uh, under suspension of the rules, not to get too technical, but basically this is how the House deals with 
quote, sort of non-controversial legislation. And it's the way the House names uh, post offices, things of that nature, uh, things that don't have to go through kind of the full amendment process that have broad bipartisan support. So basically what happens is after the Senate moved the bill, which was a product of the negotiations falling apart for lack of a vehicle and at the end of the year, the House needed to act in a way that didn't change really in any way what the Senate had passed. Because if that happened, then it would have to go back to the Senate and the process would have bogged down and probably we wouldn't have gotten it done. But the fact that the House is taking this up essentially the same way as the Senate, back in, 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 in the same way as the Senate, and, and doing it in such a fashion means that this is the last legislative step so long a as the president signs the bill, which we're pretty confident he's going to do, given these margins, these so margins we expect, uh, that, that this will become law, and uh, there are no more no more roadblocks. There doesn't need to be a conference committee. There uh, no further negotiations, just the president signing some legislation. Yes, yeah, Steve, thanks for that rundown on it. Um, do you anticipate there being any uh, dissent on the House floor? Uh, I think there will be votes against the bill. Sure, uh, there you know there are folks that oppose the permanent reauthorization of LWCF on uh, not on the grounds of what LWCF does, but just on um, uh, the philosophy of permanent reauthorizations in general. Uh, and you know there are some folks that are probably upset that uh, something they really wanted to get is not in this package, or maybe some people that are complaining about the process, but. Uh, uh, I've been watching this now. I know you guys have been watching it as well. Uh, not a single member has come to the floor uh, and and uh, opposed the bill or talked in opposition to the bill uh, during this time for debate. So I think that's really meaningful, and I think we're going to have a real strong vote count here shortly. Well, great. That's a uh, that's that's good to hear. As we go through this, it, we're we're watching it on closed captions as we kind of discuss the content of the bill, which is. Weirdly difficult <laughs> to uh, yes <laughs> to do, um, but it seems like they're they're saying many of the same things, Republican and Democrat. Yeah, for sure. And I think, as I I said at the outset, there's there's something in this thing for, for basically everybody. Uh, a lot of things that have, like for instance, uh, you know, Rob Bishop mentioned, uh, Ranking Member Bishop mentioned that a lot of the bills that they're passing today have on the suspension calendar have already passed as individual bills on the suspension calendar and, and they've had to be packaged up because of the Senate process. But, uh, you know, this has been well vetted, well developed, well negotiated for a long time. And some of these provisions have been in the works and in various other packages for six years, eight years, and we're just now finally seeing them get done. I mean, I remember... Uh, personally working on open and less closed language in, in the House and Senate back in 2012. And, you know, legislation that is critical for sportsmen, just, just to make sure that, you know, Forest Service ground and BLM, the presumption is those places are open to hunters and anglers. And then we're going to get that done finally after a long time of being, you know, on the radar and, and on the periphery of success. This thing has been real close three or four other times and just failed to get there. So I'm pumped. Yeah, no, we were actually just having the, that conversation about affirming hunting and fishing rights on federal ends and, and how that may prove to be important down the road, even if it feels a little bit 
at the moment, like it doesn't impact what we're already doing. I think, I think having that enshrined in law could prove to be very impactful down the line. Uh, but my question is just to, to say, are there aspects of this bill as written that you find concerning? Yeah, there are a few. I mean, when you've got 600 pages of legislative text and, and you know, dozens and dozens of individual provisions, uh, there are some, some uh, one in particular, the Alaska uh, Native Veterans Allotment Bill that, that we think could have been drafted a little bit better. Um, but I think that's kind of inevitable when you're having a bill like this that has had to get a lot of people's support. And if it, if it was a bill that was perfect and we loved everything in it, we probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. But, you know, when it comes down, when it comes down to uh, the horse trading that happens, uh, bipartisanship means, you know, not everybody's getting everything they want or no one's getting everything they want, I should say. And, and that's certainly the case here. So yeah, there's definitely some provisions that if we have our druthers, uh, we might not see in this package, but it's just part of the process. Yeah, I mean, uh, for us, you know, we're sitting here trying to, you know, the purpose of us wanting to record a podcast and give you a call and have you be part of the conversation is to simply to um, better try to understand this package and better try to understand not only what it means in the greater sense or, you know, the celebration we might have, but also to to understand um, where we <laughs> we could do better or what, things this was, w- that we need to understand that might not be aligned with all, all we feel. Um, just as a last point, um, what do you, what would you tell hunters and anglers? Um, again, you said you've been working on this for, for upwards of a decade, six, six years or more. Uh, what would you tell uh, folks about just the meaning of this? Like as somebody who works on this day in and day out and, and, um, has seen some of the struggles, what, you know, what does this mean to you just personally and professionally? Well, yeah, there's a lot of things in here that I've worked on for a long time, and a lot of other people, and there's a lot of credit to go around. The the one thing that we've learned is that I've learned personally is that you know tomorrow is a new day. These are there's some big wins in this package, but we're staring down the barrel of uh, major conservation funding issues in this country. We're staring down the barrel of major wildlife health and habitat issues and access issues. Uh, in you know in the part of the country where I'm from, uh, which is is in Maryland and where I hunt, uh, where access is basically a crisis, and we've got a lot more work to do ahead of us. And as sweet as this victory is, we can't uh, we can't enjoy that victory for too too long before we get back to work. And I think sportsmen and men and women that, that hunt and fish have got to be as as active as possible, more active than they've been and, and more straightforward with their lawmakers and saying this, the Land and Water Conservation Fund is a great conservation tool. Uh, it is one. It's done now. That does not mean that lawmakers are off the hook for conservation for the next decade. Right? We can't, what we can't let happen is for a bunch of lawmakers to come out and say, well, we reauthorized WCF. That was the conservation ask for this Congress and for this uh, five-year time period. There's much more to do across a wide variety of, uh, of topics, wildlife health, chronic wasting disease, uh, private lands conservation, Clean Water Act. I mean, there's a, 
there's enough to do here that we can get excited, and, and uh, I'm going to have a maker's march when I get home. But, uh, <laughs> tomorrow morning, your TRCP is going to be here working on a lot of other uh, issues that are critical to sportsmen. So get back on your uh, on your computer and write to your congressman and and uh, you know support your your nonprofits that uh, are doing good things for conservation because there's a lot more to do here. Yeah, well, Steve, as a fellow Marylander, I appreciate your work. <laughs> but as a as a fellow, you know, like as a fellow hunter and angler, and and a part of this industry, we you know want to just say we appreciate what you do and your insights. We're going to continue to. We may break out a Maker's Mark or a Bourbon at some point here soon. It looks like they're getting close to giving us a uh, some real votes on this thing. So we, we appreciate you joining us and uh, appreciate the work that you do. And we'll talk real soon. You bet. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Um, cool. It's good to have – like I just always um, am appreciative of – we talk a lot here about conservation. We talk a lot about the works that are important, but it's folks like Steve Klein that, that are in the trenches. You know, when I've talked to guys at the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation or people at TRCP or people at BHA, it is, it's, it's, um, it's always important to recognize the work that they do on our behalf. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna keep going here. We're gonna we're watching right now. They're voting an electronic vote, without the looks of it, on uh, terminating border emergency declaration. That's a whole nother. That's topic. a different vote entirely. <laughs> we're not gonna touch that nope, with a ten not, foot. Nope. Not with a ten foot. Nope. Um, and we're we're efforting to get a hold of Mr. Lantani um, of, of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers to get his take on this as we as we wait on uh, a vote. And I, but I think it's suffice to say, like as we bring these folks in that, uh, that are on the ground, um, it's these is insights that I love to hear. That's for sure. And and it's all I think it's particularly insightful to have folks who have been like Steve, who have been deeply involved in this legislative process for so many years and have seen these machinations kind of rise and fall. Oh, here we got Land Tawny. Here comes Land. All right, we're joined by uh, Land Tawny. My one of my great friends in the world and a Good lovely man. human. Good man. Uh, a man that a Montanan through and through, and the man that leads backcountry hunters and anglers, uh, a frequent uh, topic uh, on this podcast. Um, what's up, Land? Good. Just uh, waiting to talk to you guys about some badass stuff, man. Oh my God, you're really excited. I can feel. I can feel <laughs> the energy in your. Dude, it's your coming out of my pores right now, man. Bounce. <laughs> bouncing well tell tell us how you're feeling right now we're watching we're trying to make c-span great again uh it's not really working out trying to make it interesting at least <laughs> yeah trying to make it interesting but when, when was it great yeah never, <laughs> never. <laughs> i'm just curious never uh are you watching the c-span coverage there land i'm not i'm getting a text as we speak uh and so like i don't have coverage of it but i'm like living vicariously through technology um but yeah, we're into this vote right now, right? Like we have this awesome vote out of the Senate, ninety-two to eight, like exclamation point on that. And now we're going through the House, and like we expect this thing to go well. And I think that uh, for me, this just signifies that like your your voices are, you know, your individual voice, our voices as sportsmen and women, like they count as long as we use them. Yeah, no, you're right, and and we just had uh, Steve Klein from TRCP on, and we we're talking about you know, some of the pros and cons of this bill, and and. He seemed. I mean, he wanted to sing its praises and all the work that's been done to get to this point. What um, What are you most excited about? I mean, I'm probably most excited about the Land and Water Conservation Fund getting permanently reauthorized. I think you know it's the number one access tool in this country. 
like once we get this piece done, then we can start talking about, you know, full and dedicated funding. But this idea that we're going to let this, you know, awesome, fun sunset and just go away, absolutely ridiculous to me. So, you know, the American people spoke up and we've got that. Um, I love that there's a million acres of uh, wilderness in this bill. Uh, I love that there's 600 miles of protected rivers. These are places that you and I and everybody listening to this can either go to or dream about going to for the rest of our lives. Uh, so I love that. Uh, the mineral withdrawal in uh, Yellowstone, on the Yellowstone Gateway, and also the Metal Valley uh, in uh, Washington, I think is really cool. And then this idea that, you know, I think this is more of a placebo probably, but it, it now it puts it in law that these public lands that you and I and everybody enjoys, like it's open for hunting and fishing and shooting unless prescribed otherwise. And that's really dialed in with this bill. And so there's other things as well, but I think that's the top line for me. Yeah, and that, that affirmation of hunting uh, and fishing rights on federal lands, we, we just talked to Steve uh, for quite a while about that. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you uh, envision that coming into play at some point? Like, what, what's the validity of that, that element of this legislation? Again, I think it's like a little bit of placebo. Like, I think it was like that already, you know? Um, and so this now codifies that. And so if there is an instance, I mean, there's still exceptions to that rule right for all sorts of things um but i think that you know push comes to shove on a place that uh should be open i think that'll help us as we go forward thanks yeah um you know one thing we're, we're trying to keep in mind here is that there's 110 pieces of legislation and that conservationists are not overwhelmingly supportive of every individual bill within this package um, how much of a devil's bargain are we making here? Like, what, what, what about this act uh, don't you like? I mean, life's about compromise, Sam, right? Like, when you and sure I is. hang out, and if I made you drink cold smoke and only cold smoke every single time we got together. I probably wouldn't have a hard time with that. <laughs> okay, well, let's choose a different beer, but you get my point. Like, like, if I made you go do something, then we probably wouldn't be friends, right? Like, I might suggest something or whatever, but, like, it'd be a compromise. Like, that's... that's relationships is compromise and so when i think about this bill ultimately it's a grand compromise i think everybody got things they wanted i think some land conveyances in texas uh and in alaska in particular like give us pause but when we looked at the overall like good that this thing does it's like man we got to support this thing so um you know this is the way life works again and i and i'm so glad that congress is actually um doing work for us and that 92 to eight vote that happened in the Senate and now hopefully a good result in the House. Like that's real stuff that we're going to have real protections, real opportunities with the land and water conservation fund going forward. So you weigh all those things and yes, there's some of that leaves a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth, but you got to look at the benefit of the whole. And I think we get that with this bill. Real quick to close that loop uh, land, give us a grade, man, like F being terrible and a plus being the best thing we could possibly got. Well, I was never really a good student in school. Um, <laughs> I was pretty good until I got to college. But I mean, I'd, I'd give it like an A minus probably. Um, and, and that to me, maybe a B plus. But like, I mean, overall, this thing was really, really good. And I think the American people should be proud of that. You know, we did a, we did a reception in D.C. Uh, a couple weeks ago. And, you know, when you have Lisa Murkowski from Alaska standing up there and you have Senator Heinrich, so Republican and Democrat that don't see eye to eye on many things, but they were both praising, one, the work of hunters and anglers to kind of bring this forward, but also kind of the great compromise that was struck. 
like that's something we should celebrate in this country. And and so that's why I give it, I think that either B plus or A minus. Yeah. I, I'm going to back up for just a sec, Lan, and appreciate the fact that you called out the, the pulling of the mining rights near Yellowstone and North Cascade. Um, that's something we have not covered yet. And as you know, that is something that is near and dear to my heart and a campaign that I worked on really hard for a couple of years. So happy to see that go through. Um, Miles, and, I didn't know you were lurking. Thanks for like speaking up. These guys dude, are- I'm, I've, been, I've been here the whole time, brother. I've been here the whole time. Just laying in wait. Um, the and, and one of the other conversations that we were having was how in many ways I would say thanks to organizations like Backcountry Hunters, Anglers, and TRCP, the LWCF is on everybody's lips, at least in our small circles within the last two years. And I think you guys deserve a lot of credit for that. And I think that has a lot to do with why this is showing up here. But one of the concerns that we've been discussing is, is as, as fantastic as it is to permanently reauthorize the LWCF, the fact that it is not fully funded and that it requires annual appropriation gives all of us pause. And I'd love to hear you speak to that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think let's celebrate first, right? Like this is a major, major win and grassroots constituencies that we've been talking to and mobilizing that you just discussed, like we needed a win and we needed a bad. And what that win does is not only the policies that are contained within this legislation, but it's also the idea that your voice still counts, right? And like this idea that Congress woke up one day and they're like, oh, let's go pass a public lands package or let's permanently authorize the Land and Water Conservation Fund. That did not happen in a vacuum. So there's a lot of education that you talked about that led to that. Then it's also action. And so now with the victory, like we got blood in the water now, right? And I think that when we have that blood in the water, like let's go do more, you know? And I think that momentum carries through. I have some concerns just like you that we have to go back and ask the appropriators every year. It's only been fully funded once. Um, But I think the momentum is on our side now. And really I think, you know, this is like one of those things that, is really a teaching moment, not only to, you know, the grassroots, but also to those people that we elected to represent us, is that we, the people, demand this stuff, and then we're getting it. And so I think as we go forward, you know, I'll be Pollyannish a little bit and be like, man, the sky looks pretty blue to me, and I, that's because um, of what just happened. So I would say this is momentum that builds us to other things. Yeah, thanks, Elaine. Great, great answer to that. I love the blood in the water <laughs> metaphor. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're putting out the chum slit. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, heard, uh, I've heard Congress framed in a lot of really negative ways. Um, that's, an, that's another one. Um, so you're, you're, talking, you're talking about like, you know, what, what we can do next, next steps. I'd love to hear you address some of, the, uh, some of the broader public lands issues, some of the systemic issues that are, are leading to, uh, you know, so, some people kind of putting down the system of public land, like, you know, leave it open to criticism. You know, w- one thing that's held up there very frequently is like wildfire funding. So, I mean, that's one. But are there are there any, you know, and, and address that if you'd like to. But but, but what, what are some some bigger, more systemic issues that you'd like to see Congress address now that they have that, you know, taste of blood, if you will? Yeah, so I think the, you know, the wildfire funding that you bring up, I mean, that's a fix that we got done about a year ago, and that will start to take place in 2020. So basically what that does is it solves some of the budget problems that fires cause, where it's just this huge sucking noise that every single summer we put a bunch of money into fighting fires, and then we don't have enough money to do anything else on our public lands. And so that, that kind of situation is being solved, 
at the same time, this, this, this systematic kind of defunding of our public lands, that's still an issue. And so our public land managers don't have the funds to be able to do road maintenance, be able to do habitat improvements, be able to do like wildlife studies. And so to me, I think like this should be an indication, this vote, especially in the Senate and now moving on to the House, like it's overwhelming support for our public lands and our public waters. And so we should be investing in our public lands and waters versus starving them. And so I think, you know, the momentum now is on our side to have that conversation about care and feeding, basically the cornerstone of this outdoor economy that we all depend on that is $887 billion, with a B, dollars every single year. So I think funding would probably be one of the main ones that I would talk about. I think that, you know, there's there's issues around the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. There's issues around uh, the Boundary Waters in northern Minnesota. I think those are localized kind of national uh, of localized efforts of national importance. But if I thought that about the overall thing, I would say that's funding. And I think now you know, we have even more momentum behind us and that people are recognizing that, you know, hunting and fishing and our outdoor activities aren't just something that's like, a, like, you know, that we do on our off time. That's like a way of life. And not only is a way of life, but it's a economy. And so um, I think this vote, you know, and, and is an indication of that. And hopefully we can get uh, uh, some momentum to actually, you know, have better budgetary uh, outlook than we do right now. I think that, from at least from where I sit, from my perspective, and, and this echoes something you've said, this is uh, an, a, at least some evidence that that momentum is building and that the some of the same lawmakers who not so very long ago were trying to pass legislation that was explicitly aggressive against public lands are now willing to sign on to something that it, uh, is is has a lot of benefits for public lands. And to me, that is indicative of that momentum shift that you're talking about and makes me at least feel hopeful that we will continue to pass incremental legislation that moves in a direction that we can all feel good about. Yeah, I mean, I think Congressman Bishop, you know, Republican in the House, uh, you know, he's uh, the ranking member of the Natural Resources Committee, was the chair, is a perfect example of that. Like, he wanted to basically dismantle Land and Water Conservation Fund, help it pay for backlog of maintenance, and then this kind of public pressure got put on them. And so I think that's not an either-or conversation. That's an and conversation. So let's do LWCF and let's like, take care of this backlog of maintenance and let's invest more in kind of just the management of our public lands. And, um, you know, again, that isn't – Congressman Bishop just didn't wake up one morning and was like, nah, that was a bad idea. Like, that has been tons and tons and tons of pressure that's been put on by people in his own state of Utah but also his colleagues all around the country to do better for public lands. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of talk of, oh, maybe he's flip-flops. Well, no, he listened to the people. And I think, you know, that should be applauded and we should celebrate that and then help him move, you know, on other issues as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's what you said about flip-flopping. I mean, flip-flopping does exist, but in the, in this context, when you're listening to your constituency and making sound, you know, governance choices and governance based on the, your, the people that you're representing, the, you can't argue against that. And I mean, the work that you do, the work that um, TRCP does and other groups you know, on behalf of public lands is super important. So it, it, obviously uh, you're going to be celebrating tonight. You know, we believe this is going to pass and go to the president's desk to be signing the law. Like what's the celebration look like for land tawny tonight? What kind of, uh, where are you going to be? What are you going to be doing? Is it going to be a quiet, What's kind of cool is that uh, we've got an event down in Ventura, California tonight at Patagonia's headquarters. 
And this idea of kind of bringing hunters and hikers together, like you think about like all the support that has been for this public lands package, that hasn't just come from hunters and anglers, that's come from many different constituencies. And so here's an idea that we had, and now guess what? We get to celebrate that tonight, you know, and like we're gonna be eating uh, wild boar down here, we're gonna be eating bison, uh, we got some like oysters and stuff we're gonna be eating, they're all sustainably harvested, like Tonight's going to be a celebration of not only food and uh, maybe a little bit of whiskey, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's going to be awesome to share that with a constituency that maybe sometimes looks at us hunters like a little sideways, but this is a place where we can come together. And I think, you know, ultimately that's what America is, is trying to find these common places. And it goes back to that conversation I was talking about with Sam and I, like compromise is a really important thing and where we can find common ground and we we can dominate. And if you think about Clean air, clean water, the Endangered Species Act. They got signed into law by Richard Nixon in the 70s. Like, that was, like, that was a ton of people asking him to do that. And, and the Republican ultimately signing those things into law. And sometimes maybe you think there's not, like, doesn't square. And so, uh, to me, tonight's going to be an awesome celebration. We'll be clinking glasses. I'll be pouring out a little liquor for you guys that aren't here. Um, <laughs> I was with you, with you guys, uh, able to celebrate because, uh, you're all three very good men. Well, we'll, su- we'll do it soon enough, I'm sure. For sure. Thank you, Mr. Tawny. Have fun tonight, man, and then uh, keep it calm if you can. Be well, Back brother. Down the hatches. Here we go. <laughs> All right, to brother. hear from you, Lando. All right, be good. Thanks, you guys. Land Tawny. He's a one of a kind. Always character. Always character. Now we're watching right now in C-SPAN. Uh, <laughs> looks like the terminating the border emergency declaration is going to pass. Uh, I thought well, we weren't going to talk about that. Well, we can't. There's not. We can't avoid it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, right now we're going to take a break to show kitty cat videos uh, so we don't have to talk about this charged issue that's going on right now but we're waiting so I imagine that the next thing will happen will be the vote on S47 it's correct? supposed to supposed to so the time remaining in the vote for, for the um, un, the thing we're not going to talk about is, is zero 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 so that's good so that means uh, 70 people are late yeah 70 people are <laughs> So we're gonna slackers. Yeah, yeah, but they're also getting to a, a tipping point where yeah. it will pass. Uh, so we'll be able to hopefully here in, in a little bit close this out by talking you through the real time votes that are coming in um, into the C-SPAN. You know, I feel like C-SPAN should get some new graphics. What's going on? There? <laughs> you think? I, I'm going to say this. I, I'm I'm going to be frustrated tomorrow morning when I wake up and listen to and read the news as I do because I refuse to watch television news because it's the mm. worst thing ever. I could agree with but that. But leading the headlines is going to be this particular vote as opposed yeah. to whatever happens on the next vote. And I'm going to be silently frustrated about that tomorrow morning. I'm just, I'm just guessing. Yeah, I mean, I think it just goes to show you our, you know, our politics are such that, that uh, well, our media is such that we tend to dwell on certain topics that are... Uh, Either either hot button like this one we're not talking about, uh, or um, they have a particular political lean that gets somebody where they need to go. Um, but it's it's man, you know what I think about is it's good to be in a community of people that care about this stuff. Um, not the not the border emergency, um, not that they don't, but that care about care about know, both. Both. We care about ecosystems and healthy wildlife and figuring it out. I mean, it's super complicated as we've discussed here. I mean, we you know, we could go for many more hours trying to break down this bill uh, and its minutia. But you know, for me, at the end of the day, it's good to be a part of a community that can 
you know, talk about these issues and cares about them and, and look pragmatically at what they can do for us. Um, and, you know, the breaking news tomorrow in the hunting industry will be this and the fishing industry will be this. Um, and I'm, that's, I'm proud of that because I think that shows that we're, you know, that we really do care and call on ourselves conservationists because of the money that we uh, are forced to spend on tags and then Pittman-Robertson <laughs> tax, uh, excise tax. The money we gladly send. Yeah, we gladly send. I mean, we don't have a choice, but we do have a choice to care about this stuff and talk about it, and people have a choice to listen to this and be propelled to action next time something comes up that they can, you know, they can have an effect on. So I think that's as much as maybe on this podcast, particularly we beat on folks for, you know, just because you go hunting doesn't mean that you're an agent of conservation this just just being interested in this and under and trying to understand it i think is a great exercise i think it's, it's absolutely a great exercise i also think that as we all saw trying to read through the provisions of this bill line by line it's it, it can be mind-numbing and it can be incredibly difficult and for folks who are busy with jobs and kids and trying yeah. to get outside reading all the pertinent legislation it, it's just not really feasible no, you, you can't actually read all those lines. I mean, the, even the people who are voting on them don't. Yeah. But what you can do is you can find a variety of different trusted outlets for your information and you can get differing perspectives and make up your mind independently. And to me, that's the most important thing to do rather than just finding one siloed area mm. who you choose to trust looking at a number of different perspectives and then drawing your own conclusions about what's being voted on. Yeah, and I look at that as, you know, my... My most important role as a journalist and a writer for Meat Eater, and you guys too, that we that's what we try to do all day every day is frame this these things such that everyone everyone listening, everyone in our audience can become informed and, and know which elements matter to hunting and fishing and the things we love. Yeah, I mean it's hard. You know, I think it's in all aspects of this um, that. It, it's impossible for someone. I mean, you'd have to spend all of your waking hours that you have uh, devoted to free time to understand this bill or to understand. We were talking about this the other day around the media coverage of like, trophy hunting scandals. Um, it's, it's impossible to gain perspective on what's good for a Pakistani village or um, a village in Africa in, in Botswana when it comes to elephants. But it isn't impossible to pick up uh, the newspaper, or click on CNN or NBC and, and read some version of some a lot often sensationalized version of um, these events, and um, that's uh, it's up to all of us to be just discerning and to to look at things through a critical lens, man. And this is this is just another one of those examples, like. It, and and we're lucky to be in a you know I walk into here when we started Media Incorporated, it was like my vision that we would have a bunch of smart individuals in a room and when something happened, we would be able to have a conversation about it and determine how we wanted to help educate people. And here we are doing it. So, I mean, I think um, for me, this is you know a culmination of something. I've been in the industry for 10 years and haven't ever felt, you know, like I feel now with you group of guys trying to figure this stuff out. It's, Absolutely, it's, man. It's, it's, it's important and it's, it's enlightening, man, to do it. So. I mean, I've spent my career writing in the outdoor space and the fact that we have the number of resources and the amount of brain power we have in the same room here to be able to talk about it is, is invaluable. And I, I think that folks at home should know it's not just like we all walk in and, and we all agree on every point and everything's hunky-dory. Like we have, to, we have to work through it and we disagree and we argue and in, in a healthy and respectful way, which I think is something that's sorely missing in a lot of our 
dialogue mm-hmm. at large right now. Um, but we have that. We, we're lucky enough to have that at the place where we work and have it be encouraged. And I think that everybody who's listening to this is getting to benefit from that. Yeah, and I think uh, at some point, you know, we can all hope to be a part of a group of people or a friend group or you know a community that acts that in that way. Like it, it, we can always call out the parts of our society that don't quite function like the way we'd want them. Uh, the government being one, we're watching now in C-SPAN, we're watching them function, and, and the media being another. We're, um, neither is, of those function the way Is this functioning that the, the House of Representatives is is telling the, the president that he can't do something yeah. that he really wants? Yeah, that, <laughs> no. I mean, that I, is a form yes, of functioning. That, that, that is a form of functioning, but it is, is also a, right. a form of fighting. It looks like they're uh, getting ready to get it on here. And as as we kind of lead up to this vote, I think that uh, as as cynical as as I may be about, well, any legislation really, because as we talked about, they're all a little bit com- complicated. Um, man, every time I, I have a conversation with Lantani, I come out of it feeling like the world's Woo! a better place and we everything's going to be good. We did <laughs> and, it. Yeah. And 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 to his point that this represents the power that folks have to change legislation. It, it was not that long ago that as he brought up representative bishop was supporting legislation to dismantle public lands as we know yeah. that and now we've got him supporting this bill it may not be perfect but that's that is a sea change in perspective and and that really does speak to what you all have done and we have done in terms of changing the national conversation yeah so the vote is ongoing the gavel has been uh, is banged down and we have a 5 minute vote it's banged down. That's probably not the right way to say that. <laughs> uh, that's not even close. Uh, but the vote is going on in the terrible 1985 graphics that CNN puts up. Uh, this It says this needs a two-thirds majority to pass. And it's already at 164 to 12. Yeah, 164 to 12 is looking good. We got about four minutes left, 109. So the ticker is, is looking good. We have 227 uh, votes remaining. Yeah, it's looking good for the two-thirds. Um, as we as we figured, you know, when it passes ninety two to eight in the Senate, and and again, as Steve was saying, the, the reason that they're doing this, um, to pass this under suspension is because they don't want it to change because it was such a you know such a uh, rousing victory for it in the Senate. Um, there would be so much work to have to do to, to to turn the clock back and and go back and work on this again. But yet, I, I did hear and read some conservation organizations encouraging amendment. To yeah. to the package in the house, I, I think pretty broadly everyone would tell them to shut up and like let's get this done, go let's back and fix it later, done, get something done. Yeah, well, right, and I mean, the, the point here and land makes it. Steve made it well. Is is and hopefully the point folks can take away is like you're not going to get everything you want. Um, I like land giving it an A minus just because it it gets us on a path where these things become important and you know the the speed with which this moved through. Congress is uh, is great news, and right now we're at 298 to 26. Um, oh yeah, I think that's two thirds. Yeah, yeah, I think that's we already two thirds. It's passed. It's we passed with two minutes so, to go. Only yeah. 27 only Republicans. Took three minutes. So we'll break it down. There's 29 currently 29 Republicans that have pa- have thrown in the nay, and 317 total yays. That's 198. Uh, Democratic yays and a 119 Republican 119, which which you know 120 to 31 as far as the Republican 
um, votes on this go, and then historically we know that you know a lot the you know the bulk of the, the land transfer advocates come from that side of the that side of the aisle. So I mean, this is a freaking rousing victory for for folks that care about these issues. I mean, it just really is. Um, we probably spent you know it's our kind of our jobs. We spent wanted to spend some time beating on it a while before it passed, um, which you know. It makes me, you know, makes me feel good about the way we're able to approach these things. But in the end of the day, man, when something passes, what's this going to be, man? Like four hundred to fifty, something like that. Something like uh, that. looking like it. That's looking like it. So I mean, that's huge. And and uh, hopefully, Mister uh, President Trump. I mean, there's like almost no way he wouldn't sign this into law no. at this point. Uh, he hasn't vetoed anything yet in his presidency. Yeah, I think he's about to. If this, uh, <laughs> if this resolution, <laughs> we're not bill. talking about that. <laughs> if it- we're not talking about that. That didn't even happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, with a minute remaining in this, in no, it's passed. It's passed. I mean, that, and so you know, we've heard about what it means. We've now been able to live <laughs> comment on. I mean, it really, it strikes me that C-SPAN just can't update their, you know, update their graphics. Nobody's watching it anyway. Do you want it's like true. a you want like a little dancing puppy in the corner? Or what well, are you I would like for to here? see some sort of like an eagle might fly by the, on the screen. Like that's what Fox so News would do. Like the Colbert Show, some yeah. fireworks. Fox News would do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the Colbert Show graphics back in the <laughs> back day. In the, the, day. Eagle. Yeah! Oh, the best. <laughs> the best. Uh, I, I think the point of C-SPAN is to not be entertaining, though. That's like, true. I think it's yeah. sort of counter to their that's rhetorical true. intention to try and sexy it up. I would like to see that, like a poop gif or something in there, like <laughs> the smiling poop emoji, something just to let us know that they have a little sense of humor. Well, I mean, on some on some level, I think uh, con- members of Congress aren't looking for a- any extra level of scrutiny on what they're doing. Uh, you know, b- b- so you I think mean, it's a funding issue? <sighs> they're like, let's not fund C-SPAN anymore because yeah, yeah. it might no, be more interesting. No, no, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying, issue. like they we don't, can't they don't need more cooks emojis. in the kitchen. They don't need people always breathing down the back of their necks, although they already are. But I, I think it's it's deliberately boring. Yep, three fifty nine to fifty seven, boys. Where time is out. Time is up. Only sixteen non no votes. No votes there. Um, that's. Again, an amazing, yeah, for for this for where we stand for for there to be fifty seven nays from the Republican side, zero nays from a Democratic side, and you know the the percentage of yays. I mean, there's one hundred and thirty six Republicans that vote in it. Like, as a radical centrist myself, I like examples of bipartisanship in our government, and this Amen. is one of them. Uh, any uh, as, any concluding thoughts there, Miles? Yeah, I mean, my concluders on this one would be that I think we we all should, those of us who agree with this anyway, agree with conservation for ourselves, uh, maybe a short drink for this one tonight, enjoy it. Um, but I think if there's a takeaway here, it's that we all, we as hunters and anglers and sportsmen and outdoorsmen can can have a voice that's heard. And we are seeing evidence of that where for a lot of years I felt like we weren't and, and we now are. So let's take advantage of that. Everybody who's listened to this, stay on top of these issues. Continue to talk to your representatives because it is obviously having an impact. Yeah. And and this is a great win, but this is not. This is just a moment to double down on what we're doing well, not to step away from it. So I hope that everybody who's who's hearing this and who cares about these issues is going to be continually engaged and step up their efforts. Yeah, and to just piggyback off of this, off of what Miles just said, many of these votes were cast because they were told by their constituents to cast that vote. And 
now is not the time to really let the foot off the gas pedal. This does not solve everything. Um, call again, send another email. Thank you, representatives mm -hmm. and your senators for how they voted on this issue. But in the next breath, encourage them to keep keep it moving, to get full funding for a land water conservation yeah. fund, to pass more wilderness wilderness bills that are still pending. There's more wild and scenic rivers that need to be designated as wild and scenic. And, uh, you know, we, we have not solved all the problems and are, you know, so please reach out to your representatives, thank them, but yeah. also tell them what you'd like to see done in the future. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll close it out by, um, with another challenge. And I think, you know, as we look at this vote, you know, as I look at this vote as kind of like a numerical, um, expression of our government, like, and the bipartisan nature of what can be done. Those of you that are listening to this, that, that lean Republican, um, and, and might want to, you know, label what we're talking about here is like some green decoy hand, hand wringing about, um, these important issues. Uh, step back a minute and, and look at this vote and look at, you know, Rob Bishop standing up there and look at the way that he was able to um, be a part of this legislation. And, and, and maybe don't listen to the heretics out there that are name calling and, and trying to attach motive to, you know, things we say or the things anyone might say in support of um, public lands, clean water, you know, healthy, clean, habitat. healthy habitat, those types of things. It, as a community, like our power is in, in uh, not that we always have to agree, but our power comes from being able to, to you know, leave room um, for these kinds of wins and not beat each other down when those things happen. I can tell you, you know, that, that we all, like I say, I, I see myself as a, in the center of the conversation. And if people that I know and trust say it's a win, um, then I count it as a win. And um, much the same as if we were talking about a gun rights bill that we all believed in, in, in the same way. So I think let's not, in, in, con in, in thinking about this in a postmortem, let's not get swept up in any of that bullshit. Uh, let's, let's see this for what it is. And, and like Miles said, move on and do more. That would, things that we can all agree on. Uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Hopefully all the call and stuff sounds great and everything came out good. I'm, I'm uh, happy to have had this conversation. Thank you, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. That's it. That's all. Another episode in the books. This time, uh, it was it was an idea I think that that Miles had uh, to sit down and you know podcast while we watched the coverage. Uh, one, because we thought it would be fun to comment on what's happening on a C-SPAN broadcast, but also because we know this is important. We want to get this out to you. Of course, we we did, and, and Sam has and will continue to cover this for TheMediator.com in our editorial section, but. Uh, we wanted to get you a podcast with some guests and some real-time reaction as it happened, uh, even though you'll be listening to this a, a few days after. Uh, this is an important conversation. Again, something we care deeply about, uh, something we hope we can get right um, as individuals and as a collective community, and something we'll continue to talk about, examine uh, as fairly as, as possible. And if... if uh, if we don't, if we disagree with with someone at BHA, we disagree with someone at TRCP or anyone else in our in our world, we'll let them know. But in this case, 
Um, I think this can be called a resounding win uh, in many ways for people who care about wild places and wildlands, which we do. So once again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sticking in. Come back Tuesday for a regular episode of the show where I'll be joined by one Shane Mahoney this coming Tuesday. You're going to want to listen to that. See you next time on The Hunting Collective. Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls, and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds i like pot calls i just like pot calls i enjoy calling with a pot call whatever direction you go including a box call which i don't personally use too much but they're fun and great and i started out with them yanni on the other hand one of my main turkey hunting buddies he loves box calls and what's funny is i'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey so it's not that I don't like them. I just have Yanni use his. Then I don't have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today.